0: Good afternoon, my Conscious Co-Creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we have a wonderful show. I'm very excited. We have another guest in studio today. This should be a fun, interesting uh show. to chat today but first of course i know you've been anxiously awaiting since last week your quotes of the day from the universe and from abraham let's see what the universe and abraham have in store for us today from the universe can you keep a secret you know the space between you and all things the void like right now the space between you and your computer that's where i hide and watch looking to see what your expectations are of yourself, others, abundance, health, and happiness. And from this space, as I catch your thoughts, hear your words, and see all you do, no matter where we are, I manifest the next moment in time. Fade out with I Believe in Miracles, You Sexy Thing, by Hot Chocolate, the universe. Ah, we love... Quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe having a little fun with us today. I like that old song, I Believe in Miracles. That was a fun song. And yes, the universe is there waiting and watching in all those spaces in between. Very important to remember. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Somebody recently asked us, Is there any limitation to the body's ability to heal? And we said, None other than the belief that you hold. And he said, then why aren't people growing new limbs? And we said, because no one believes that they can. Abraham. Very interesting quote. And, um, you know, really talking about belief. And, and, you know, there was a point in time when no one believed man could run a four-minute mile or woman. Um, And and there were even people coming up with all kinds of scientific theories why we couldn't run faster than that. Our blood would boil, we'd explode. I mean, all kinds of crazy things until someone actually did it. The interesting thing was the year, I think it was 1932, something like 1960. I don't know, long turn of the century, last century. After someone did it, guess what happened? Three other people did it in the same year. Gee, interesting how when somebody proves that something can be done, all of a sudden people believe it can be done and all of a sudden it happens. And I think this is really what Abraham is trying to say. It's, it is it, it is only our beliefs that hold us back from doing anything that seems incredible, impossible, amazing. And, you know, even this example of, of growing limbs, you know, I've actually um, heard that actually... It's people have grown back limbs, not necessarily full limbs, but there have been documented cases of especially young children who uh, I know one particular case of a young child in England who um, the tip of his finger got cut off at a farm and the parents like found the tip of the finger. They rushed him to the hospital And by the time the doctors got to see him and they washed the wound, they cleaned it. They said, we don't need the tip because it's starting to grow back already. And apparently no one had ever told the kid that you can't grow back your finger. And because he had seen like salamanders or like some lizards grow back limbs. So the kid thought, well, they can. Why can't I? And had never heard anything to the contrary. So his tip of his finger actually began to grow back. Then I had heard that, yes, in actually in Chinese medicine, if, if the child is below a certain age, their chi, their life energy is strong enough to do it, if this happens above like the end of the bone or near the tip of the end of the bone, according to Chinese medicine. Of course, then I actually met a gentleman who had the tip of his finger cut off in a farming accident and the tip of his finger grew back at an age of an adult so the body's ability to heal and regenerate and 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 do things that are just amazing are really beyond our understanding it really is it is only our preconceptions our belief systems those things that we hold that like this is either possible or impossible that really makes it so at one t- point in history, everyone knew the earth was flat and you couldn't sail around the world and, you know, you would, you would die. You'd fall off the edge of the earth until somebody did it. Oh, then it's possible. Then everybody was doing it. It was impossible for man to fly until the Wright brothers flew and then everybody was trying to fly and now everybody does fly. at one time it was impossible for people to go to the moon until the first man went to the moon now lots of people want to go out and explore space and if richard branson is successful and god i hope he is virgin galactic will take lots of people into outer space so what holds us back it's really our beliefs and really how we vibrate how we believe in these things and how we Send that energy out into the universe when we believe we can be successful at our business, the universe brings us those things to help us to be successful at our business. when we believe we can be a you know world renowned author when we believe we can be an amazing consultant when we believe we can be a healer, we can be a teacher, we can uh, you know raise our children when we believe that these things are possible and we act as if they are possible. Sure enough, the universe bends itself to our beliefs and it's an amazing phenomenon and one that needs practice, 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 practice. And I'm a big believer you take the baby steps first. Do the little simple easy stuff first and then build upon that. So two wonderful quotes of the day uh, from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you enjoy them as always. And Kind of interesting quotes for today's guest. I'm really, really excited to welcome to the show Sophie Wade. Sophie is the founder and future of work strategist of Flexel Network. Flexel Network provides strategic consulting services to corporations to help them make the necessary and significant transition to the imminent "quote unquote" future of work environment. Flexile Network also helps employees and independent workers adapt and start productively managing their new latticed and or diversified careers. Um, She's lived and worked throughout Asia, Europe, the U.S., Um, for years and is really becoming a thought leader about this whole concept of the future of work Um, she is also the president of the local new york city chapter of the national association of women business owners also known as nabo and so we're very very pleased to have her here in studio today welcome to the conscious consultant hour sophie
1: Thank you so much, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: It's wonderful having you. Of course, first I have to ask you, because I also see in your bio, that you have a BA in Oxford University, from Oxford University in Chinese.
1: Well, hao.
0: Uh, <laughs> Why Chinese? Why
1: Chinese? Um... At English University, we are, you, you focus very much and you do you know, um, one subject. Right. And prior to that, um, at high school, you also narrow down and I was uh, doing science uh, and I didn't feel like doing just science at university. So you either do, um, from, what I, from what science, you could either do law, uh-huh. science or something weird. So okay. I went for something weird, <laughs> weird. And, and ended up loving it. Really? I really, really enjoyed it good, because good. it was the poetry, philosophy, c- culture, history.
0: Uh, Absolutely fascinating. So how, would you say that has served you in ways you didn't expect later in life?
1: Um, yes. I mean, I actually, after university, I went and spent about five years on and off living out in Hong Kong. And that oh. was <clears throat> incredibly enriching.
0: Wonderful.
1: One of the most um, amazing things for me that really helped me is when I first went out to live in Asia, mm-hmm. actually between high school and university, mm-hmm. and um, I was sitting at dinner with someone, and they were low down next to their bowl, and mm-hmm. I was high up mm-hmm. and spilling rice and things like that, <laughs> and I really, I start, I'd I always thought that sort of table manners were kind of objective, right. and then soon found out that that was not the case in people yes. spitting on the road or burping in your face was and so i really had to start from ground zero Mm. and i really it was it was a complete restart for me and then i realized how different we all are and how our perspectives and cultures are so different and that really helped me bring a different perspective back
0: home wonderful wonderful and really the reason why i ask about this and i bring up these things is because i think this is really indicative of the change that's happened in the world in the world today, I mean, when I was a kid, the idea, I mean, yeah, there were some people maybe studying abroad and going to different places, place, but not so much. I mean, as little as, you know, 50, 60 years ago, the, the idea of having lived and worked in many different countries and, and having these different cultural experiences was pretty exotic and reserved for just those who really came from very well-off families And today, that's not the case anymore, is it?
1: Certainly not in the U.S. I mean, I have to say, when I first came here about 17 years ago, Mm. and I lived in L.A., which is six hours away from yes. New York and I realized how big this country is. Yes. I was like, there's a lot of stuff you can do before you ever have to go anywhere else. That yes. was a big eye-opener for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, yes, it's it's cheaper to travel. It's easier, to it's cheaper to phone other people in other countries. Right, and I think right. that really changed the dynamics, the cross-cultural dynamics.
0: Right. And so this really has created so much more communication and interrelations. And it's also as... Uh, it's accelerated the pace of change tremendously and, and, and with the development of technology and everything else so that, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, who, how many people talked about the future of work? no No.
1: and and it really goes to your your point about um having a different perspective and and uh how things if you believe that things can change we we were taught in a certain way we were sort of programmed in our schooling in a certain way and as we grow up we didn't we didn't, there weren't any we didn 't feel that there were any choices, and so mm, we didn 't make any choices right. and we didn 't think about things being different, different right, um, right. and I think now with technology that 's enabled a lot of choices a lot more choices right. which has enabled us to think much more differently about the future of work but certainly there, were, there right. was there was there were no different options back then, right. and uh, so it 's you know it 's a, a really different uh, playing field right now
0: right yeah, it 's much more acceptable to kind of look at things differently and 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 it's just the uh, i think people just realize that what we once held as being true for so many years is no longer true anymore and that you know what what served us two three four five years ago can be obsolete in a day in a week in no time
1: it's fascinating how um, how you sort of see what makes the, the, the companies that make up the S&P change so dramatically yeah. quickly now these days yeah. um, and I think uh you know, what we're looking at right now, I believe, is the the fact that the millennials are looking at the practices that we've had mm-hmm. and kind of going, that doesn't work. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> let's try something new. Yeah. I think that's what we're looking at now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. OK, great. So it's time for us to take our first break. Um, when we come back, I just want to talk a little bit about why you decided to really focus on this idea of the future of work. And then let's uh, delve into a little bit of uh, how different things really are today. OK, look forward to it. Wonderful. Sophie. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consult Now, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. ding ding, ding, ding. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, and we're speaking this hour with Sophie Wade, who's the founder of Flexel Network. Now, I mean, basically the kind of work you do—you're doing human resource-related type of work for corporations, correct?
1: Um, it's. I, we work we we look look at it more about to do with talent and talent management. Okay. It's a lot to do with strategy as well right, in terms right. and business practices are changing in yes. the future of work because so much is changing. Right. Um. It's it's a lot centered around talent and and how how one works with talents and the relationship mm. one has with talent.
0: Right. Okay. So. so What kind of got you to really focus on and and decide like the future of work is something really important and something that you've really kind of delved into very, very deep and becoming a thought leader around that topic? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, it started out with uh, a focus on flexibility um, oh, I'd worked okay. uh, full-time uh, in a sort of standard nine to five or 830 till seven <laughs> job yeah, right. uh, all my career until my second child actually um, was about three years old and started having a voice and complaining that I was never around um, so I t- took some t- some I uh, sort of looked at getting a job that was three days a week just mm. for a bit And when I was doing that, actually working for a friend of mine doing executive search for hedge funds, Mm -hmm. um, which was fascinating sort of detective work Um, and very people focused. I really started kind of going, well, hang on, there must be a lot of people who are like me who want some flexibility, but a very interesting Mm -hmm. job that evolved into, you know, a lot of research. Um, This is a women's issue. No, it isn't a women's issue. It's a flexibility issue. Mm -hmm. So initially we were very focused on flexibility, um, advocating for it, matching up companies and people. And then the more that I delved into um, flexibility, it became, I saw that it was one component of this huge change that, that is upon mm. us, which is the future of work. And it's a very important component of it. Right. Um, but it's there's a lot more to it than just that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you know, in talking about like how things are changing, I always remembered, I forget who said this quote. It might've been Seth Godin, might've been somebody else. But they said basically like, our parents' generation probably worked at one at most three companies in their life and then they retired and got their gold watch. And our generation, the, the 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 boomers basically probably work at like seven different companies in our lifetime on average. And our children, the next generation coming up will have seven different careers or jobs simultaneously. And then I, like, started to meet some, like, younger kids and, like, yeah, they work part-time here and they have this side business and they're managing a band and they're doing this and they're blogging and it's, like, amazing how i don't i don't want to say diverse but like how spread out this concept of of work it's it's like really transformed that you know the idea of like you only have one career working for one employer is now being changed to well no you could do a few things at once you don't have to just work for one company at one time do you
1: it's fascinating i mean we call it um, diversified careers or portfolio Mm -hmm. careers Mm -hmm. um and those can so it can be in parallel or or it can be sequential but i think people are having and i was just talking to a woman earlier today um, who's in a bank and i said you know this is what you're doing now but you know there are many other things you can be doing after that and none of them have anything to do with financial services you have no idea so i think it's a very it's a much more open um open-minded and open-ended idea to what a career means um, um which is really transforming um, stigma um, and a lot of stigma about you know what you should do and what you have to do because you know mm-hmm. honestly the thirty year jobs at one company yeah. is gone <laughs> It's is gone. basically it doesn't gone exist and full time jobs I think also will come and go and I think yeah. it's going to for ind- each individual um, and that will change their economic situation over time right. and it will change the dynamics of how they're approaching working in in an organization, I think the the sort of boundaries of organizations are going to be much more blurred because mm. they'll be working with both um, a lot of independent contractors as well as full-time employees, some right. of whom then come into the organization and then are released. Right. You know, it's going to be a lot more fluid in that sense.
0: Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, are there some specific companies you think are very good at exemplifying, being more flexible with how they work with their employees?
1: Um, there are many who are, who are doing uh, an amazing job, and other ones and sometimes it 's in pockets, sometimes mm. um, it is you know deeply integrated and, and in the philosophy mm-hmm. um, tony shear who 's the CEO of of Zappos is oh, the Zappos most it, uh, yeah. probably the most uh, visible um, and uh, uh, sort of loud about th- what yeah. he does and he 's actually bringing in probably the most extreme version of the future of work, which is called holocracy um, and that is there's no hierarchy, there are no titles, um, and it oh, just, wow. people sort of swarm together for projects. And it's, um, you know, it takes about five years, apparently, to mm-hmm. to really introduce it, and it's pretty painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the most extreme case. And, right. and, and other companies, uh, you know, obviously Google is a company right. that has worked very, very hard. To, to change the dynamics and, mm. and somebody was recently saying to me what about their you know, football you know, tables and I said well if you want people to work hard and then you want to bring some <laughs> of the and, and work late right. then you need to bring some of the home fun into the office right, right. and it also ends up being a very uh, smart thing to do because the creative when they're relaxing and having a sort of downtime, their creativity actually is, can, can be much enhanced.
0: Right and, and I think I recall that Google has a policy of like 20 percent of your time has to be spent doing playing or like researching stuff or doing stuff that has nothing to do with your supposed job or position
1: there are a lot of things like that um the companies are doing which which they find that actually therefore brings this um, different perspective, this outside right. perspective right. back into the organization to great benefit.
0: Right. You know, the interesting thing about it is, is it's actually a very old concept. Uh, there is a book I read years ago by a, a former Buddhist monk or a Buddhist monk, Geshe Michael Roach, called The Diamond Cutter. And basically he got kicked out of his monastery and and his his teacher, his lama, told him like go now, take all these Buddhist principles you've learned and apply them to the world of business. And he ended up like getting a job at a diamond company because he really loved gems. He was like the third employee of the startup and he started applying these principles and the company grew tremendously over the time he was there and eventually got bought by Warren Buffett for a quarter of a billion dollars. And one of, I remember, I mean, there was a lot of stuff, but one of the particular principles that always struck me is that he negotiated very strongly with his boss pretty early on to get Wednesdays off. And it's based on this Buddhist idea that you need to remove yourself from the environment in order to be able to think creatively about it. Mm-hmm. So he basically would take Wednesdays off and he would do nothing related to work. He wouldn't answer his phone. I mean, back then, I don't think they had the smartphones and stuff, but like wouldn't check email, wouldn't do any of that stuff. And he'd go for a hike in the woods. He would just spend time with himself. He'd play, whatever. So that then Thursday morning, when he came back to work, he was more um, energized, more relaxed. He could be more creative and would come up with really creative solutions to difficulties they were dealing with in the office and it it became like a standard thing for the office and really helped the company to grow.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more and I think on a on a sort of on a longer time basis the um the challenge in this country culturally is that people don't take vacation. Yeah. For example, um I actually went to a vacation summit which yeah. in and of itself is insanity the fact that it was needed to have a day where companies <laughs> were encouraged to come and persuade Jeez. people to get yeah. their employees to take the vacations 429 million vacation days went unused wow. last year oh. in the US oh and that's because you know and this is this is people's paid time that yeah. they should be taking up yeah. the problem being is if they don't They won't be as productive. They will be more stressed out. They don't get to sort of decompress properly, which needs to be two weeks at a time, at one time. Right. So there are a lot of very bad repercussions of not actually taking the downtime that you need.
0: I mean, it's so mind boggling to me. Why don't people take their vacation time?
1: Um, A lot to do with fear. And, um, and, you know, Feeling like they're irreplaceable or wanting to be irreplaceable, mm. but also if they don't do their job and they don't finish this, then you know, I'm going to get in trouble. And, right. and, and you know, it's also about creating boundaries. And I think right. in this world where we have so much technology and you know, smartphones and we're checking emails too late, and, mm. um, and, you know, we really need to the, the, the discipline that's needed to actually create boundaries mm-hmm. for ourselves, whether it be, you know, work or vacation or taking time where your, your smartphone is to the side, whether it's yeah, you should be sleeping yeah. or playing with your kid or whatever it might be. Right, you know, right, those boundaries yeah. are hard. Managing one's own career really effectively. And that includes those boundaries. You know, it's not easy.
0: No, no, it's not. And, and that reminds me of there's a I think it's a Disney commercial with the little kids saying, like, you know, just take one more day off. like you know of all the vacation days lost that's stupid (laughs) it was such a cute little commercial but I'm just like it's insane I mean I I just can't relate to this because I've been working for myself since 1993 so it's been quite a long time since I've worked at companies but believe me every year I took my paid vacation days there was no way I was getting out of it sometimes it got delayed slightly because there were projects coming up But um, as I recall at the time, if people didn't take vacation time, it was usually because, I mean, as you said, fear, but it was like there was so much expected of them at the companies because companies were downsizing. You had more responsibility Mm -hmm. and it was there wasn't enough time in a day. To get all the things done that you needed to get done.
1: We should remember, though, that um, which I found out at this vacation summit that um, paid vacation was actually brought in by corporations around oh, the, really? in, in the early 1900s. It wasn't a government. Oh, it was the corporations that. found that people were burning out uh, and so it's kind of like shoot we need to actually do something to help them uh, recover rejuvenate come back and then they have more time they have more energy they have right. they've got a different mindset that's so, interesting yeah so um it's uh and it, and it goes as you say there's a the the challenge going forward is is a real focus also on creativity and collaboration and innovation and some of those things are going to need to be by taking space mm. um, by you know potentially working in remote offices in remote locations right. so that yeah. just a different. A different environment can really be helpful right, to right. sort of giving a different perspective, or right. uh, sort of you know, a d- opening up of one's mm-hmm. um, you know, creative juices or whatever. So
0: just just quickly before we go to break, I, n- I remember we had a conversation, and you mentioned kind of on the other end of the scale, there are now companies that are offering unlimited vacation days to employees. I mean, that's incredible.
1: Um, yes, Richard Branson is one of the uh, yeah. most uh, visible people who's done that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other people, it, uh, other companies. It's challenging because they found that if they do offer unlimited, people don't take any. So they've uh, done mandatory vacation. Wow. Um, and also, uh, or, and and U.S. Travel, I think it was, who, which was at the vacation summit, mm-hmm. um, gave their employees five hundred dollars. If they took all their vacation days,
0: wow! Um,
1: and then it got up to ninety-one percent. I think we're, were wow. taking it, <laughs> and they saw the benefits because people were so much more productive, productive afterwards. Right. So I think you know it's a it's a great idea, and it's it's easier to do where people have much more outcome-based hmm. um, jobs. So it's really easy to sort of on the performance. Like if I get my work done, right. I you know if I if I manage to do these ten things which I need to do, mm-hmm. then I can take the rest of the time off. Right. Um, you know that's an easier. Um, Mm -hmm. way to set way to set it up but it it really depends on the on the company as to what makes sense but the very concept of it and even the concept of you know happiness as being a corporate objective these things are are very exciting changes
0: yeah absolutely absolutely great so that sets us up for next segment let's actually talk about the future of work (laughs) let's see what are the trends where do you see things going and let's see where where the future will take us huh that's that's great wonderful so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and of course if you'd like to call in and ask your own questions of sophie wade or myself the call-in number is 877-480-4120 we'll be right back after these messages Listening to the Talking Alternative Network. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. 24 hours a day. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we're talking with Sophie Wade this hour all about the future of work. So, Sophie, tell us, look into your crystal ball and tell us, you know, what are you seeing as the trends today that are really going to affect the future of work, the work environment and how we're going to be doing things?
1: Um, so it's, it's really uh, driven I sort of summarize it most easy it's mm-hmm. driven by technology and millennials yeah. technology in the sense that that is enabling us to work in different right. places in different ways yeah. um, and millennials as I said you know at the beginning it's um, I think they're looking at, at what we what and millennials past.
0: aren't so young anymore right people used to think of millennials as like you know the teens and the 20 right. something years old they're not 20 something years old anymore they're
1: not they're not no it goes up to 35 no. um, and and so they, I think, they really have looked at the you know the generations above them and said, you know, mm-hmm. do you see how stressed you are? You know, no. you're not healthy, you're stressed. Um, you know, let's just try a different way of doing things. I think that's where it comes from. But these really lots of changes that we need and and, Mm. you know all the other generations the other generations been wanting as well so it's a lot to do with um, you know flexibility that's a core piece of it and Mm -hmm. working which does not mean fluidly it just means working in a different um, it could be uh, you know starting earlier and finishing earlier could Mm -hmm. be compressed work week Mm -hmm. or it could be you know consulting part-time there there are many different ways to work flexibly Uh, or full-time fixed hours but just working from home you know so there are many different different ways um to work in a in a different in a different with a different structure or a different framework right. that makes your working situation work better for your life right. and your other right. situation whether it might be an elderly parent or kids or right. you know whatever that might be um culture is a the the sort of the core component really which everything uh, radiates out from radiates out from okay. and that really is about a purpose-driven culture uh-huh. And so millennials, in particular, are very visible in wanting to work for companies that show them why they should right. what what they're contributing do that's going to make a difference, right, right, right. Um, and, and that I,
0: are aligned with their own values as well.
1: Exactly, they are choosing to work for those companies because they're aligned. And right. so, and I think any company, no matter if you're making widgets or whatever, you can always articulate. The value that your company um, is sure. is develop- is choosing to to create. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to be able to actually, you know, put it down and right. and um, communicate it. So I think a lot of companies don't ha- aren't able to communicate it or haven't communicated, it, and that's going to be um, a, a key ch- challenge for many companies to do that. So uh, culture, flexibility, um, boundaries, a lot of the challenge of these boundaries going away because of technology, um, uh, because of the increase in freelancers where these sort of more amorphous organizations. Hierarchy is another one. I I spoke about holacracy. So um, really when you have... Um, for example, the millennials who are very, who much more c- can be much more knowledgeable um, and sophisticated about technology than than uh, people above uh, above them in the organization. Mm-hmm. They can lead a project if it is technology focused, and right. that sort of can flip the sort of seniority, um, authority. And the really what that means is that you start to have a more fluid understanding of mm-hmm. who's actually responsible for a project and what that means mm-hmm. in terms of hierarchy and giving you know hierarchy fading away to a Mm. certain extent which is is a very difficult and sometimes um very challenging for people who've been very used to structured Mm. organizations and i think we're going to have frameworks rather than structures in organizations Ah, okay OK, um, so that's a bit another big change.
0: Uh, is it also uh, have you seen also a movement sort of away from sort of working from a company as an employee and people being wanting to be more entrepreneurs themselves? Or is that just more a side effect of the fact that so many major corporations have downsized and there are just no jobs as me- or at least not like they used to be?
1: I think many people are um, are in the situation. Uh, because they, it wasn't voluntary to begin no. with. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have found that there are a lot of people who went into project work because they weren't full-time jobs anymore. No. And then they haven't gone back into full-time jobs when no. the economy um, got Picked better up, again. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is a is a different animal and you know there are yeah. people who sh- are are destined to be entrepreneurs yes. and other people who are not and there are people <laughs> in the middle and they're trying to work it out yeah. um, some of them are going to work with startups some of them are sort right. of contemplating an idea mm-hmm. and there are more micro businesses or solopreneurs mm-hmm. which is sort of in between a freelancer and an entrepreneur right. where you can have a very small organized you know a very small business but it's right. it's, it's almost that like you're a freelancer right. um, so I think you know that, that's a it's a challenging question that you have to really sort of dig in and, uh, and find out are you the right person to be an entrepreneur there's a no. lot of risk that's involved yes. um But really, you know, freelancers have to do their own sales. They have to do their own, you know, work out how to sort out their own bookkeeping. They're not that far off from being a sort of small entrepreneur. So it's a very different landscape for workers. Uh,
0: Absolutely. And even in in corporations now, just the idea of having like a personal, even if you work for a company, of still having a personal brand and still kind of like you're selling yourself on your skills and your ability, especially if you're, you know, progressing in the company, Now, there's not a hierarchy, but, you know moving up the ladder so to speak and you're doing better and you're excelling and you're being given more responsibility and stuff you're kind of constantly selling on that idea that you're competent and you are able to handle more responsibility
1: exactly I think um, whether you're inside or outside of a corporation um, you're Mm -hmm. going to be in the same situation of uh, creating a brand creating um, a, a sort of solid space for yourself that people could Mm -hmm. that can understand and recognize and it also helps protect you for when that moment comes um as it the evolution of work Mm -hmm. is more fragmented is uh is more fluid that when you're outside of an organization that you have um you are you have a a, a brand you have people actually do know what you stand Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. and that you have credibility as well that will help you find whatever your next you know, career maybe, yeah. or your position, or project. A project yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I heard somebody using the analogy of. Um like making a movie you know like in the entertainment industry you make a movie it's like a bunch of people both the actors and the the production people and the cameramen and the lighting and all these people they come together for a short period of time they work really really intensely on it and then once it's made that's it and things kind of are disbanded do you see that kind of thing potentially happening just in business as well like you know you pull together a bunch of people all doing different things to focus on a particular project or getting something done it gets done it gets out there in the market and now that that isn't necessarily needed and disbands
1: yes i mean i there was a great article about that i think um about a year ago um uh, using the hollywood producer production Mm. analogy exactly Mm -hmm. in that way which i think is is helpful when you're using historical models to Mm. explain how some of these things happen um uh, it's also known the sort of word swarm that these swarms come together to to um, make a project happen and then sort of disappear again Mm -hmm. it's um it, it, it's an uncomfortable idea for for, for many people yeah, but it, it does yeah. work very very well in the um, TV production and, and movie production right. so um, industry so if we if we can use that model and, and work out um, right. you know how to how to um, you know create best practices right. one of the things that's needed um, is the software you know for example like uber has ah, you know it's right. not managed by people it's managed by software right. we need to have more of those um frameworks created by software and there's a lot of money going into HR technology Mm -hmm. um, and other um, applications like Slack for example Mm -hmm. which is a way to have um, projects work across boundaries, across Mm -hmm. company boundaries so that there's there's transparency but anybody wherever they might be, whether Mm -hmm. they're in the corporation or not, can be working on a project and everybody knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. So there there are, and these things need to be are being refined in different areas because that it hasn't do- Been hasn't been refined enough yet, as we're as we're still exploring how this works best.
0: Yeah, you remind me mentioning Uber and companies like that. I saw like a Facebook post recently that was like, you know, the largest transportation company owns no cars. Uber, the largest um, travel company, Airbnb, like owns no Mm, properties, and there was a third one. I forget what the third one was, but it's it's like now with these disruptive sort of technologies, you don't necessarily have to have all the resources under your roof that you did before but find a way of enabling people who maybe have it in a distributed fashion and and that creates a very different work environment because you're almost essentially enabling people to work f- through you, not really work for you or, and they're not really working for themselves because the clients are coming through you but they're working through you in a way.
1: Exactly and this is where I sort of talk about the framework so yeah. in in this new um, work setup you have companies which are enablers of sort of flexible working enablers by, yeah. by, by by creating this framework that people can work flexibly within and they have a lot of control over their lives and how and when they want to work which is a mm-hmm. very powerful in comparison to some of the Constraints. There was an interesting article which was mm. sort of saying between the um some of the hourly shift workers versus the, uh, the uh, of today versus the uber right. workers and who has more control and um over their destiny and it yeah. and it really is on the um the the, the on demand economy and yes. there are i mean right. there are other things which need to change to to make it work better right, right. um but i think uh, there are some there's some very positive changes yeah, going yeah, forward
0: yeah. so t- technology is kind of leading the pace and and kind of trailing behind it actually are the laws and the policies yes. to kind of govern it because you know Uber has been taken to court and I think mm-hmm. there's some big case in California now which is really going to affect the future of Uber, right?
1: Correct. I mean, I th- what I see happening and there have been a couple of articles around about it is there's going to be something in between a 1099 and a W two. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense that that the, yeah. the, the needs the, it's too black and white right, and in fact there's right. a lot of lot of gray area in between. Right. But I mm. think it's, it makes the most sense. For there to be some place in between, somebody who isn't, um, you know, might have benefits, but is an independent contractor right. pro rata for the time that they're there working. Right. I don't know how it's going to evolve, but that's something because um, the policies tend to come from the private sector in this country, mm. um, and so we're sort of watching it evolve. Just like parental leave seems mm. to be coming now.
0: Mm. Interesting. Um, just real quickly before we go to break, because as you said, it. it the private sector drives a lot in this country. Is this country kind of setting the pace in this in the terms of the flexible work environment, the future of work for the rest of the world? Or is it kind of evolving simultaneously everywhere?
1: It is the laggard by a long way. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Uh, in the in the Western Hemisphere, um, the Europe is way in advance. And in fact, yeah. um, many fewer people, many fewer women leave the um, corporate workforce when they have kids because they don't have to. There's so much more flexibility. Uh, and in so fact, in June of last year, um, in the UK, the right to request flexibility became mandatory wow. for all employees who've worked at a company over 26 weeks. Wow! And it had evolved over time. Um, it was actually first yeah. given to parents with kids under six. And, you know, right. you can't make those discriminatory poli- policies here. Right, right, but right. it really allowed um, them to try it out. Right. see the studies see the feedback great feedback um you had you know less stressed workers you right. had people right. who could focus and be more engaged on their work and right. and thankful and and loyal about it right. and as a result it is now mandatory and that's ah. scott stringer who is comptroller ah. in new york city is actually pushing that for the private, for the private sector here in new york
0: wonderful. in
1: order that new york can still attract and retain the right. best talent.
0: talent wonderful wonderful okay Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show. It's, it's time <laughs> flies so fast when I have such interesting guests. So, um, when we come back, I want to touch upon pay and how the future of work is going to affect how we get paid and have a little example I'm curious to get your perspective on. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Sophie Wade, uh, founder of Flexel Network, and we will be right back. listening to the talking alternative network
1: dude dude
0: dude transforming tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m eastern on talkingalternative.com it's the dudes of disruption The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully.
1: Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern, on TalkingAlternative.com, forever disrupted. The Dudes of Disruption, disrupting your automatic. Dudes.
0: And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're finishing up talking with Sophie Wade all about the future of work. So in this last segment, I want to really touch upon how pay in regard to the future of work because there have been some really interesting things that have happened lately in particular i'm thinking of this company uh, based out of seattle a gentleman by the name of dan price uh this company was gravity is a, a payment processing company how um he he got one of his employees like gave him a real hard time about the fact that he was not making enough and he was worried about like increase mm-hmm. in rent. And and then it really stuck with him and he looked around and then he came up with this policy where he basically cut his own salary and raised everybody to be making at least $70,000 a year. And that caused quite a controversy, didn't it?
1: Yes, it certainly did. And he And What he did is he looked into it and found research. And the research mm-hmm. said that... Under $70,000, it really, really made a difference to people to actually have pay increases. And so they've been implemented to happen over, I think, the next three years. So it was going to come up to the same level. It has been... Incredible. uh, I think he's been extremely shocked at what waves it caused, good and bad for him, um, including a lot of his friends um, and entrepreneurial friends who who were like, what are you doing? I mean, you're you're killing me now. I mean, I can't do that. or don't want to do that. But he really stood by his belief. He said, this is this is the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. And and yeah, a lot of people felt he was making a political statement by doing Mm. this. Which for him it really wasn't, no, no. and and like even vendors and customers. He had some customers leave and some vendors who were concerned. Some customers were concerned at first that the prices would go up for his services, right. and and they ended up not going up. And 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 also some customers said, "Well, if you do that, like I have to do that too." And and some left because of that. But then he got more inquiries. I heard like he had something like. On an average week, he get maybe a dozen inquiries for for new customers. And after this came out, he got so much press over it, he had like 2,000 inquiries a week. It went through the roof. And his company has maintained and grown its profitability. I think they said since this all started, like only two employees left out of... How many has they had? Like a hundred, twenty? Something I'm like I'm
1: not sure. And one one was a core person who'd actually been in All the right. role to to sort this out, and she actually made a. It was an interesting point. One doesn't know the whole story, I'm sorry, but right. she did. She did explain that she. There 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 have been some certain pushback internally because right. it wasn't as much based on merit. Right. And, and, um, and experience. And right. so there were some people internally who thought it wasn't fair that it, they all right. went up to the same level. Right. Which, which one can understand? But yes. I think, I think the, the, the principle of actually really looking at the situation and saying there's research that says that this is going to make a real difference, just like flexibility. Right. Right. It's going to make a real difference. You'll get back... Uh, what you put into this. Right, um, right. And, and so he did.
0: And this was a real, like, it was just a very disruptive idea. Yep. And, and I was just reminded that, you know, Henry Ford be, started paying his employees more so they could afford to buy his cars. Right. So it's like if you pay your employees more and they can live a better life, they don't have to worry about that $200 increase in rent they have to pay. They can focus more and be more productive at work. Exactly. They've seen
1: also in the UK that a lot of stress for employees comes from understanding of their finances and financial challenges. So if they actually give coaching about financial issues completely unrelated right. to the work of the right. business right. Right. that right. actually helps reduce their stress manage their finances better and then they become both right. loyal because they're, they're thankful for having received the you right. know the, the education but right. also they're able to f- focus on their work more right. and this is how flexibility works as well
0: right and, and it really sort of takes a company shifting the focus off of Making their shareholders the number one priority and really making their employees the number one priority, the customers the number two priority, and then comes everybody else. But especially in the United States, that's such a different mindset because here most companies are always worried about this corner's earnings, what are the shareholders going to think, and maximizing profit – Which isn't necessarily the most conscious and doesn't necessarily mean that you want to treat your employees best. But the interesting thing is those companies that do put the employees first tend to thrive, don't they?
1: Well, exactly. And, and Tony Shear from Zappos was the one who right. sort of said, if you focus on your employees, everything else flows out from there because right. the customers hear it. They get right. it. If they see the, 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 you know, and feel, they feel the employees are really engaged in what they're doing. They really care about the customer service or whatever, you right. know, function it is that right. they're having that may be touching. You know, outside into you know the interacting with with cl- with clients and customers, and it really really makes a difference. Right. And I think if you have you know also the Gallup poll, um, this was a, a, a huge um, an issue which which actually drove drove I think a lot of these changes. of Gallup poll in mm-hmm. t- uh, 2013 that said 77 or more percent of people are either actively disengaged yes. or not yes. engaged in their work. Well, right. that means they're not making the best decisions. Right, they're not really caring. It well right. you know maybe we should do this. Who cares? Right. And you. Your business cannot do as well if your employees aren't really caring about
0: the the choices they're making for you. Right. Right. Exactly. And given that we're more and more and more becoming an interconnected global economy, competition is more and more uh, intense so that you really do need to get the best out of your employees if you're to survive long term.
1: Exactly, it's not it's not altruism that's getting us here. Although some yeah. some companies, it is. Yes. But really, if you if you do care and nurture your employees, you know this reciprocal relationship that you can get this trusting right. uh, trust based relationship will come back to you in spades.
0: I, I had heard this concept years and years and years ago before it was pretty common. It was known as enlightened self interest. Mm. So again, it's about sort of doing what's best for you but in doing what's best for you you have to do what's best for other people so it's sort of an enlightened way to um to come about to find that that way where you're actually being more conscious and and more caring to to everything and this is also becoming more important to, to employees like the millennials where they want their companies to know that they're socially sustainable, that, that they care about the ecology, that, they, that what they're doing can be sustained. And it's not, I don't know, a, a toxic kind of relationship.
1: Absolutely. And it's very interesting. There are numerous articles now about the fact that the key characteristic of leadership these days mm-hmm. is empathy.
0: Oh really!
1: Extraordinary to 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 say, but that wow. really sums all of that up. And I mean, it, uh, enlightened self-interest is a, is a, a longer way to put it, but yes. it's also a very nice way to
0: put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean. And I remember hearing, I was speaking with a gentleman whose son had recently graduated from college and he found that his son and a lot of his friends were choosing not to work for certain companies because they felt like they didn't have a, a social cause. Like they wanted, not just a social cause, but they were socially conscious that, that they mm-hmm. were, stood for something that, the, they could, that they could buy into and like some of them ended up just becoming entrepreneurs just because they couldn't find a company that shared their values.
1: No, it's it's a a very different mindset. Towards work entirely, and that's mm-hmm. why you know we're focused on helping companies transition because mm. there are so many different ways in which it's different. Right. And if you have to start with a culture and starting to articulate uh, the purpose, the, 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 your purpose, the company's purpose for being, in a very different right. way, and right. then implement all these other things, it's distracting. I mean, yeah, the investment yeah. is worthwhile because it really, you know, if but if you're going to actually attract the top talent, mm-hmm. and if you're going to attract millennials who are going to make up 75% of the workforce mm-hmm. in 10 years time, yeah. then you're going to have to make these changes. It's yeah. it's, um, they're pretty radical in some, yeah. in, for some companies.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, well, so far, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, you know, if people wanted to learn more about the kind of work that you do or just engage with you around this, uh, Topic of the future of work. How can people find out more about you or get in touch with you?
1: Um thank you, Sam. It's uh my company is uh Flexel Network, um, Flexelnetwork.com, F-L-E-X-C-E-L. Um, there are also two reports that we put out every week, oh. which you can sign up for. One is for companies, well, mm-hmm. company focused, employer focused, and the other one is for professionals who are trying to sort of work out what next. And please oh, do sign up for either of those because they are they end up being a sort of cheat sheet, but very informative. And the more informed people are, the better right. they'll be off.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so any any speaking engagements coming up where people can see anything uh, I do yet? have one
1: coming up um, in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks at, at NABO in Central Jersey. I'll oh, be talking okay. about... Um, <clears throat> managing for success in the future of work oh, so wonderful. um love to see anybody there and um, answer their questions in person and how can
0: people find out about that
1: um on the nabo nabo is the uh, national association Women business, business owners and um i don't remember exactly what their uh, their email address their uh, url is but um, if you look up nabo central jersey you'll find it
0: wonderful wonderful thank you so much for taking the time out of your flexible but busy <laughs> schedule to come here it's been a pleasure having you here
1: thank you sam it's been a great pleasure to be here too thanks great conversation yes
0: absolutely absolutely and of course you know next week i'll have another great guest and more interesting topics i don't remember who it is right now but i know you know it'll be good it won't suck (laughs) so thank you for listening uh, and we will talk to you next week If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network
1: at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day.
0: Talking Alternative Dude. 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 Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully.
1: Consider every Tuesday
0: night, 8 to 9 Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com Forever Disrupted. The Dudes of Disruption. Disrupting your automatic. DUDE. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.